Hello, my name is Claire and you are listening to the Hypno Birthing Podcast. Hello everybody and welcome back to another episode of the podcast. I hope everybody is doing good. Just before I start the episode, I just wanted to let you guys know that for anybody that is based in Essex in the UK, so kind of just outside London, I am now working and offering my services as a birth doula and also a postnatal doula as well. So if anybody is in that area, I am most likely going to be covering your area. And if you would like more information, I'll leave a link below. But I am doing an introductory offer on my birth doula services. So if you're there and you need support, you just want to chat, you want to meet to kind of work out how I can help you, then please do get in touch and let me know. As I said, I'll leave the details down below for you. I'm really, really pleased to introduce today's episode. It is a listener birth story, which is great, which I love. And it's an induction story. And I do think these are really important to have these induction stories on the podcast because there are many people that go through induction or that face induction and would like to hear the positive side of it and the you know how it can be a positive experience so I welcomed on Lauren she came on and chatted about her positive um, induction birth which was a really lovely story I love listening to it so a big thank you to Lauren for sharing her story I hope you guys enjoy it I'll play it for you now hi Lauren thank you so much for joining us on the podcast if you would like to introduce yourself. Hi, it's so nice to be joining you today. My name is Lauren Henry. I am from the US. I live in Ohio. Um, We live in like a really small town outside of Cincinnati. Um, I guess some like interesting things about me. I am a physician assistant. So I don't know that that's something that you guys have in the UK. Um, But I'm a, a PA. So I essentially can see my own patients, um, prescribe medication, all of those type of things, but I have a supervising physician. So it's an awesome career. I love it. Um, so I'm in medicine, basically, long story short. Um, my husband and I just moved to uh, the town that he was born in, um, that he was raised in, and we just bought like our forever home. And it just worked out perfect with our like plan after getting married. Um, we kind of had a five-year plan and it was like, okay, time for kids. And we got pregnant pretty quickly. It. And yeah, it just ended up being kind of a, a fairy tale, to be honest. Like it's just been amazing. It's just been perfect. That's great. And how interesting that you are from like a medical world, you know, because um, often I think people that are quite medical, you know, their career is in in that field, have a a much more medical view of most things, including birth. So it's really interesting, actually, that you come from that side of things, but still have kind of gone down a more you know, natural like hypnobirthing route. Yes. Um, what was it? Like, why did you decide to go down that route? Like, what, what interested you about hypnobirthing? Kind of where did you first hear about it? Like, why that? Yeah. Why did you choose that? That's such a great question. And you probably make a really great point that I didn't think of. Um, I probably would not have ever even considered it. Um, but I did have a friend, let's see, her daughter, is almost three. So three years ago, she decided that she wanted to go natural. And she's just that type. She's 
very yeah. um, wants to be natural with all things. And, and I love yeah. that about her. And I was like, you're crazy. when <laughs> she said she wanted to go natural for birth. And then she just had the most beautiful experience. And I remember her telling us like her birth story. And I was like, oh my gosh, like, okay, it's possible. Like I, yeah. I think like we just hear so many horror stories that were like, it's not even possible. It's not even feasible. Like even people that I talked to and I explained my reasons were like, oh, you're going to change your mind. It's horror. Like just like not the the best, um, not the most positive, I think, yeah. about birth. And so when I saw that it was possible, I was like, now I'm interested. Um, and so I kind of started doing some of my own research just in medicine. And I kind of had just like, I guess my, I had a radar for it. Um, and so being in medicine, I do see patients. Um, most of my patients are not sick patients, but injured. Um, and so I've seen several women who have come in, who, you know, have back injuries and they're like, oh, my back hurts from X, Y, Z. And I'm like, that, that just doesn't add up your mechanism of injury. And we get to talking and they had an epidural that maybe didn't go well, or, um, you know, they, there was some like issue. Um, and they're like, yeah, you know, I've had a lot of pain from it since. And like, this is your, your injury is not from work. This is really something you need to follow up with Mm -hmm. your OB about. Um, and I think that just kind of stuck with me. I was like, okay, so it's possible. I've seen my friend do it. Um, and I see some of these other potential like negatives, not that everything is negative about it, but for me, I started kind of looking at what, what could be, um, what could be really positive for me about going natural. Yeah. And do you know what's so worth considering? I think that's a really important point that we often don't think of that side of things that actually, you know, a lot of interventions that happen in birth, you know, they do come with their own set of risks and potential side effects that also always need to be considered. And often they're not. So actually, funnily enough, I was recording another podcast episode yesterday with somebody and we were saying that, um, she was also from the US as well. And um, she was saying that when she first said she wanted to go down a more natural route that um, lots of people were like, why? <laughs> like, they just, yeah. why would you do that? Like, it was so alien. And I think it is for a lot of people. And we were saying about how people say things like, well, you don't, there's no medal, you don't get a medal for, for mm-hmm. doing it naturally. And of course, like those things are all true. But that isn't often what interests people in going the natural route you know you don't go that route because you want any kind of praise for it you just go that route because you understand that you can and why you know the benefits of doing that so you know it is it's important to to look at all sides and as you said like you know some of the things that you were seeing in your job were resonating with you and staying with you because you know this is something that perhaps we don't think about those side effects and everything is worth considering all aspects. So, um, and also, yeah, you kind of seeing your friend do it, it suddenly makes it possible, doesn't it? Because we've seen someone do it and we've gone through a whole life of hearing about how it's horrible. And then suddenly your eyes get open to the fact that, wow, like it can be, it can be different. And I think, I think it was one of those things too, where I was like, okay, if it's possible, like, I want to know that I can do it. Like, I know that sounds kind (laughs) of, Kind of silly, yeah. but I was like, I I want to know that I can do it, and I want that experience. Um, and when I when I explained that to people, they didn't quite understand. But I was like, I just really want the experience if if I'm able to. 
Um, and then yeah. I also thought it was interesting. So many people that I talked to that did have epidurals, even if they had like a good experience overall with their epidural, I had so many people say, oh, well, you know, it wore off too quickly or, um, you know, it only worked on one side in my it head. It didn't work probably, yeah. Yeah. And I kept telling people, I was like, you know, if, if I'm going to end up like having a significant amount of pain, I'd rather just go in like with all of the tools Um, to like mentally cope with it and just just be like I know what I'm going into as opposed to I'm going into this pain-free because I think so many women when they get an epidural or are planning an epidural they're like oh it's not going to hurt because I'm going to get an epidural and um, that's not the reality yeah I had another friend um, that we're all actually friends, the one that went natural and then this other friend she um, she was like oh I'm going to get an epidural it'll be great and she pretty much went natural by the time she was actually mm. giving birth. Yeah. It had worn off and she was like, I was just not mentally prepared for it. And yeah. I was like, okay, yeah. well, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a good point. And often, you know, this happens. It happened to one of my friends that I think only worked down one side of her body. And sometimes that, you know, that would be quite a shock, wouldn't it? If you were going in and you were expecting to feel complete, like nothing, you know, it can be completely numbed. And then it actually, yeah, it hasn't worked quite properly or or it's worn off really fast so yeah definitely doing the the mental side and I always think like with something like hypnobirthing that that kind of birth prep I just think it benefits everybody no matter mm-hmm. what kind of ends up happening or what sort of birth they are planning even if somebody is planning a more medicalized birth and they are you know very open to the idea of an epidural or something like that it still definitely benefits because you're going to, you know, there's going to be sure. times in your labor where you're feeling anxious no matter what. So having those skills to be able to calm yourself and, you know, the, the pain relief skills for, as we said, if, if the pain relief is not working properly or something like that is yeah, definitely going to be useful regardless of what happens. So will you share your birth story with us? <laughs> I will. So um, long story short, I was induced. Um, yeah. All all of my birth, I was pretty um, insistent on like as minimal intervention as possible. Um, so um, we, <clears throat> I talked with my doctors just about, you know, worst case scenario, we'll go ahead and get on the books being induced like a week after my my due date, but my entire pregnancy was like, that won't happen. That won't happen. I'm going to go like two or three weeks before it's going to be perfect. Um, so I never just planned to be induced and, um, we got to, let's see, we got to about a week before my due date and I started, um, early or like prodromal labor. Yep. So that Saturday before my due date, I um, started having some like cramping, what I considered to be contractions, reached out to my doula, who actually, um, interestingly, is the woman who really gave me the like idea that I could do natural birth. Um, She loved natural birth so much that she went and became a doula. And um, (laughs) I was actually her first patient, which was just, yeah, just a really fun experience because she's also one of my closest friends. So, um, but I reached out to her and I was like, okay, Colleen, I think I'm in labor. And she was like, okay, like probably early labor, relax, sleep, just all the, all the right recommendations to just 
just take it easy. And things really did progress that evening um, to the point that I was, I was kind of timing things. Things were getting like a lot closer together, but in retrospect, they just weren't as intense of contractions as they really needed to be. Um, But I was like, okay, I'm going to try to take a nap. It was like in the middle of the night. And then, you know, we're getting close enough that we're probably going to have to go to the hospital soon. I'm going to take a nap first. And then I woke up the next morning with absolutely nothing. And I was so defeated and I tried like literally everything in the book to get things <laughs> going again. Um, and it just, it just wasn't happening. So I was like, well, I, I'm supposed to work this week. I might as well. Um, I don't want to take time off since the baby's not here yet. Um, and yeah, I just, I went, went back to work and I started having yeah. like these consistent, um, sometimes consistent, sometimes intermittent contractions while working, while seeing patients. <laughs> um, and I, I will say that was probably like the hardest yeah. part of my pregnancy for multiple reasons. Obviously it was like uncomfortable, sometimes like truly painful. Um, but then the, I think the hardest part was just the like emotional roller coaster. Um, I yeah. kept thinking like, okay, we're going to have a baby tonight. And then all of my friends and family obviously are just like lovingly supporting me and, and reaching out any baby yet. And <laughs> yeah. I got to the point where I was like, I'm just going to turn off all of my <laughs> notifications. I told my husband, you have to update everyone because every day that yeah. I get all these notifications and still don't have a baby yet, it's just really stressing me out. Yeah. It's, um, I think that's one of the things with that, like, very start stop early labor which can happen like you know it does it does happen sometimes but it's very it's the psychological side that's I think the hardest because you keep kind of almost gearing yourself up and then everything stops and then gearing yourself up and it's quite exhausting so yeah it's hard yeah so um I was just getting really frustrated that was Saturday that, that everything kind of started um, and then intermittent contractions all the way to Thursday, which was the day after our due date. Um, and my doctor offered to do a membrane sweep. She was like, maybe, maybe not. We have no idea if this will kick things into gear. But I was like, anything, anything before actually being formally induced. I was really against it. But I was like, obviously, we have to. So we did a membrane sweep on Thursday. Um, and I went home. And obviously, it was uncomfortable. Um, threw me into a contraction, but really nothing came out of it, unfortunately. And she did tell me that that was, that was a possibility. So over that weekend, which was actually Labor Day weekend, um, we kind of didn't do a whole lot. Labor Day, I was like, it is, it is Labor Day. It is time. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, hopefully this day will have multiple meanings. Of all the days. Um, <laughs> I know. So, oh, and then a funny story too, uh, my actual due date was uh, the 30th of August, which was uh, Blue Moon, and uh, our girl name was Luna, uh, Yeah, and I was like, if this is a girl, she better come on the Blue Moon, <laughs> because how cool would that be? Yeah. But she didn't. Um, <laughs> so we got to Monday, which was Labor Day, and that evening, I remember like, really it sunk in like okay I'm gonna have to be induced like yeah I'm going like tomorrow Tuesday was the next day that we were supposed to go in for an induction and I was like this this is what's happening um I remember crying on the couch with my husband and and I was just such a mess about it and being in medicine I feel like I do some of my own research and have unfortunately um fortunately unfortunately it's it's like a double-edged sword I have 
access to a lot of knowledge, which is sometimes not not the best. Sometimes ignorance is bliss. So I was like, I know all of the, you know, potential like bad things that could come from an induction. Um, And in my mind and what I kept telling him is like intervention breeds intervention. And I just don't want to do that. But I also know on the flip side, like really your placenta is not, not designed to go past a certain point and and the risk of stillbirth is there. And so it was just such a difficult decision. And yeah. And I you was, have to do what you're comfortable with. Like there's yeah. always, you know, there is, there is an increase. Uh, well, it's only very small, but there is a slight increase in risk um, of like stillbirth after a certain amount of time. But, you know, for some people that's okay, but it isn't, isn't for everybody. And I think you have to, it's very individual. So if you're not comfortable with that, then that is yeah. a reason to, to do something about it and that can never be the wrong thing to do because it's something that you instinctively feel more comfortable doing and I don't think that's ever wrong you know if that's coming from your instincts to do that then that's I think in my head I was like I would just have such a hard time like really coping if something did happen and it was my choice to wait um Cause I actually had talked to my doctor about waiting to 42 weeks. And she was like, honestly, our practice will let you do 41 and six. She said, our practice won't let you do 42. And I was like, okay. Um, But after doing some of my own research, I was like, I'd rather we'll just do 41. That's fine. Uh, But as we got closer, it was like, in my mind, when I had said all of that, it was like, that won't happen to me. Yeah. And then as we're getting closer and closer, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is happening to me. I have to be induced. Um, and my husband is, it's funny, he's like the pessimist in our relationship. I am <laughs> ever the optimist. So when I was crying and just like saying all these negative things about induction and like just where I was in my mindset, he was he was like, okay, like feel free to tell me to like just shut up because he was like, it's not, it's not me that's like pregnant and it's not me going through this. It's not me making the choice. Um, but he said, if you really go into this with all this negativity, like you're, you're going to have a negative experience yeah that's a, that's a good that's a good thing to say to be fair it was amazing yeah. it was amazing he was like now feel free to tell me to be quiet and I was it like hit me like a yeah. ton of bricks like it was literally like a slap in the face that I needed like okay you have to change your mindset about this because this is happening and yeah. there's there's going to be a positive out of it yeah so really there's that there's that great affirmation that I, I I'm sure I quote it all the time, but it's um I um focus on what I can control and I let go of what I can't, and it's like a really great affirmation to have in your mind because yeah, like when your birth plan changes, it's okay to obviously it's okay to feel sad about that and to mourn that because that is your that had been your plan and that's changed, but really like to get into a headspace that's going to benefit you exactly what your husband said like it's you know you have to let go of that and focus on what can I now control there is a lot you can still control with an induction you know there's a lot that you can still use the techniques that you learn and you can still make the environment calm and you can still have choice and be heard and have control over your labor and I think it's really important to yeah like switch that mindset so yeah, I think that was good a good thing to say. <laughs> yeah, it was so welcome from him to say that. 
And it was interesting because like as soon as he said that, I started going in search of like positive induction birth stories. Yeah. And I literally pulled up your podcast and I typed in inductions and I listened. I think you had three at the time. I listened to all of them. Right. Um, And I just clung to like every positive thing that was being said. And I was like, okay, so it's possible for people to have a good experience. Um, And so I just kind of switched my mindset. It was like, okay, I'm not thrilled, but um, I'm just going to view it as an extra challenge. Like I know like natural birth was a challenge already. Like, okay, this is just an added challenge. Like I can do this. Um, and so I just kind of was like, I'm going to stick it to, I don't know who, but like, <laughs> someone, I'm going to do this. Just I'm going to show them. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we went in for our induction on a Tuesday. Um, we went in for cervical ripening because we'd only been one centimeter yeah. pretty much the entire month. Um, and thankfully when we got there, they were like, Oh, you don't even need this. You're two centimeters today. Oh, wow. Um, so I already had my uh IV and all my stuff. And they were like, So you can go home and come back tomorrow morning. And I was like, Oh no, no, no. Mm-mm. I have my IV in. I left my house thinking I'm bringing yeah. home a baby. Like, no, yeah. no, let's get the show on the road. Yeah. So the doctor graciously agreed to start uh Pitocin at midnight because usually their process was at 4 a.m. But I, I had kind of bargained. <laughs> I talked to the doctor on call and I was like, can we do midnight? She was like, yeah, that's fine. So they started with those at midnight. Um, and I just remember thinking like, okay, this is going to like hit my veins and I'm going to like suddenly have like these intense contractions. And it's just going to like, like I was literally gearing up, like ready for these immediate contractions. Yeah. And it was like four in the morning by, so four hours later, and we were 15 out of the maximum of 20 Pitocin. And I still was like, really not feeling much. And I was like, oh no, like, am I going to be pregnant forever? (laughs) And the nurse, the nurse was so sweet. She was like, okay, you're like three centimeters. You went a centimeter, but just not moving obviously as quickly as we want. Um, So I requested that they break my water at four in the morning. Um, and then from there, I did feel like things definitely picked up. It wasn't as like immediate as I kind of had expected, but I would say by like nine in the morning, um, I was starting to feel like, okay, these are like getting, I'm having to breathe through these. Um, my doctor on call who the doctor on call was one that I had loved, had talked with a lot about hypnobirthing and just natural and, and what I wanted. And she was, she was just so sweet and amazing. And so she popped in and it was perfect to see her. And then my doula showed up right around nine. Um, Cause it was starting, I was having to breathe through them. Um, I got a little nauseous. And at that point um, I was like, okay, like I need to start using some of my labor coping techniques. Um, so it's four centimeters then. And um, my doctor offered me some Zofran and I was like, let's just see how long I can go like truly unmedicated. It's like, let's hold off. Like good to know that that's an option, but I was like, let me hold off for a little bit. And one of the nurses was so nice. Um, I was so grateful to have the nurses that we did during the day for the actual delivery because they were, they were really well um, equipped with like natural birth techniques. So she came in and she was like, we have, um, she said, we have these essential oil patches that really help with nausea. And I was like, yes, sign me up. That sounds amazing. So I literally just like stuck it to my chest. And anytime I was nauseous, I just like sniffed it and it worked 
phenomenally. And then I was able to like continue with my unmedicated plan. Was it, was it like a peppermint <clears throat> smell? So yeah. it was orange and it was not peppermint. It was like orange and there was like some other scent. Yeah. Um, but it, there were two, two scents kind of together. Yeah. And I, I will say it really worked so well. Interesting. Yeah, that's good. Um, yeah. So I was like four centimeters around nine in the morning. Um, and I think I kind of started to get like pretty discouraged at that time. Cause I was like, okay, we've been on Pitocin for nine hours at this point and I've yeah. gone two centimeters. Like yeah, I'm pretty uncomfortable. Um, I, I just was really wondering like, am I going to be able to do this for yeah. how, like, you know, if we're only going two centimeters, nine hours, like I'm kind of extrapolating that in my head. Yeah. Yeah. Which is normal like, oh, to gosh. do. It's normal to do. But also like it doesn't, the, that do, like, it's totally normal to do that. I, I totally get why people think like, and they work it out, don't they? Like, mm-hmm. oh, it's been this many hours. And, but actually like it doesn't, there's no time frame. Like your body could just suddenly go to, you know, nine centimeters in two hours. There's no, no time frame. So uh, yeah, it's hard and I get it while we do that. But actually the way our body works is not to a specific set time, if you see what I mean. Which I really didn't like, I I had a hard time like thinking of that when I was in the moment, but yeah, yeah, that's, it's so very true because that's kind of what happened. Um, (laughs) So um, let's see, right after that is when I felt like things did start to pick up though. Um, so I kind of <laughs> remember like thinking, am I falling asleep between contractions? Like I was literally like, where, like I would wake up, I, what I would envision was waking up to a contraction. Yeah. I was like, am I falling asleep? And then I was like, oh my gosh, I think I'm just like going into like this whole other yeah. world. Like I'm like blacking out or like, you really just really relaxed out so hard. Yeah. yeah. And my husband said it was the weirdest thing. Like in between contractions, your eyes would kind of glaze over and you were just like gone. Wow. Um, and I had prepped him for that. I, we didn't actually take a class together, but yeah. I had done so much of my own research. And so I, t- I typed up like <laughs> a little thing for him and I was like, I'm not going to be there. Like, I'm going to be mentally, like totally out of yeah. it. Like, just be prepared for that. Like, these are the things that I want your help with. So we had really kind of prepared a lot as far as like how he could help me. And it was nice because my doula um, is one of our close friends. So the two of them together, they know each other well, and they were able to really work together to help me. So um, that's kind of when we started using a lot of my labor coping techniques. We used the shower a lot. I had wanted to have like an actual water birth, um, but in the hospital's in Ohio, we're not allowed to actually deliver in the birth. You're allowed to right. labor. Right. Um, but since my water was broken, I wasn't even allowed to like sit in water. Yeah, so. it's funny. I've heard that. I've heard that before um, from someone that was from the US that, um, yeah, they're quite strict strict about that. It's not really the same over here, but um, because of the kind of infection risk, I suppose, which actually is very minimal. But um, yeah, it's funny because I, I only recently actually heard that. Um, from somebody else and it surprised me actually yeah and I remember thinking so my friend the doula um, she had had two water births but she had had them in birthing centers yeah and so the rules are just totally right. different in a birth center versus a hospital so 
Yeah. I talked to multiple doctors and I was like, I want a water birth. And they were like, no chance. You're in a hospital. Uh, Right. Okay. okay. Do they have the birth? I guess they'd have a tub, wouldn't they? But do they have specific like birth, birth pools in the in the hospital, I guess maybe not. No, no, no. they really don't. Um, there were four rooms in the hospital that I went to that had tubs even. Right. Um, and I had requested one of those. So I did have a tub, but yeah. um, it's interesting. I didn't end up actually sitting in water. We just But sh- shower can be really useful though, like water on your back. Yeah. Um, I used it mostly on my belly, which was so nice. Oh, like yeah. warm water, just like right on... Um, yeah. like my lower abdomen and um, there were a couple different positions we used one with like the ball in the tub and yeah. it was awesome um, using the the shower um, using the double hip squeeze that was another yeah. big one that's great my husband did that for hours <laughs> at one point <laughs> um, which was just so so helpful yeah um, and then right around 12 p.m so about three hours later um, they checked me again. I was six centimeters at that point. Um, so that was the first time that I'd gone more than one centimeter at a yeah. time. And I like was like, yes, okay. <laughs> and according to active labor, you know, standards, I was officially in active labor. And I was like, yeah. okay, like, we're like getting there where things are moving. So I just felt also, like more positive. Kind of considering your your Pitocin started at midnight. So that had been 12 hours, really like six centimeters in 12 hours, considering it was an induction Mm -hmm. as well. So it would have taken a little while to get things going anyway. That is like, that's, that's not bad. Like time-wise, it's really not for first time as well. Yeah. And that's what one of the nurses was saying. She was like, you're doing great. This is actually going like, they were really great about like pumping me up and like, no, this is like, going smoothly like be excited and yeah um so we kept kind of changing positions laboring in the shower um sometimes I would head back to the bed and like um like lean over the bed just kind of depended um I didn't end up doing I kind of figured I would do like a lot of walking and um, squatting and things like that and I didn't I really I was in the shower a lot or on my side or like yeah kneeling that's okay you you were doing what was comfortable for you that was that's the right thing to do and um I will say it was interesting being induced um I had to have my blood pressure checked kind of continuously so every 30 minutes and then they I had continuous monitoring as Mm -hmm. well so that was frustrating just in the sense especially as we got further and further along and baby was moving further and further down uh they would come in oh sorry we got to readjust everything Mm -hmm. yeah and every time they would readjust as we got further and further, it would throw me into another contraction. So I will say that was kind of something that I didn't anticipate. But yeah, um, about 2 p.m., they came and checked again. And I remember her saying, um, you're eight or nine centimeters. And I was like, I'm nine. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm nine. Like if I'm eight, eight or, or nine, nine. It's nine. It's nine. Um, and I was starting to feel like the need to push. I remember that was. I was feeling that like in the shower um, and there was just, just more sensations than normal and, yeah. uh, or than I'd had previously. And um, I was like, let me get checked again. And that's when I was eight or nine. And, and I was like, okay, like, I feel like if I'm nine centimeters, like we are so close that I don't even think I could get an epidural if I wanted So just yeah. I started to get like kind of slap happy. Like I was like, I yeah. think I've like, I'm like really close guys. Yeah. Um, 
So it was awesome. The labor and delivery nurses suggested a peanut ball um, in between my ankles to kind of help open up my pelvic outlet. Um, And that, that was probably like during that transition phase between like eight to 10 was probably the, the most difficult in terms of coping, but Mm -hmm. um, like blowing out candles, like that whole uh, breathing technique. Um, and laboring with the peanut ball, uh, that really uh, helps so much because 45 minutes Amazing. later, she came back and checked and she was like, yep, you're 10, it's time. Wow, that's um, great. But yeah, it was kind of funny. I'll, I'll just say this. It was funny because when um, when I was like nine and, and really like, okay, we're almost there, started it, like I said, get slap happy. And at one point they were like, okay, the surgical tech is coming in to set up the like delivery table. And I was facing the other direction, so I couldn't, like, see the table. But I heard him, like, getting all the instruments out. And, like, I swear, like, he must have been clanging them together so loudly. <laughs> oh, no, and yeah. I just said, I was like, are you setting up for an amputation over there? And, like, everyone, like, died laughing. And it made me, made me feel good to, like, lighten the mood yeah, a little bit. Yeah, even Even the surgical tech was like, what? <laughs> um, everyone thought it was quite funny. But That is then um yeah it was 10 centimeters and she was my my doctor came in and she was like Lauren I know you you've said you didn't want to like labor and and push and deliver in the bed like do you want to move what do you want to do and I was like honestly as weird as it sounds I've been so against like laboring in bed yeah but I feel good right now and I'm I'm good to stay where I'm at yeah so I was I was pushing um for about 30 minutes um and I got to watch like the whole thing with a mirror, which was oh, great. Really, really cool. Um, and I actually also felt like it helped me to like kind of time the contractions because at mm-hmm. that point with how how far down she was, I was not really, there were so many sensations. Like I could feel some yeah. contraction, but there was obviously so much happening um, yeah. further down that I was like, I can't really even tell when, it, when a contraction is happening. So um, it, it was kind of being able to see it. I was able to yeah. see time better yeah um and then I did feel like the ring of fire um (laughs) and but I didn't feel like it was overwhelming truly I felt like um and part of it I think it was that I read a lot about um risk of tearing and if you have you know sustained you know ring of fire that you're slowly stretching as opposed to you know suddenly sudden yeah so I was like, it's fine. Give it to me. I don't want to. You welcomed it. Welcome so the I welcomed it. I did. <laughs> so I was just like, let it happen for as long as it needs to be. And then what I think one of the coolest parts was my doctor that we had, I talked so much about with like hypnobirthing and things. Um, she had, she'd mentioned jokingly, she was like, Lauren, if you want to like catch your baby, that's fine. Like, heck like do whatever you want essentially yeah. and, and I was like wait 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 what catch <laughs> my baby um and she's like yeah if you want to stick your hands down there and like after the head and shoulders are delivered and I was like I didn't even know that was a thing <laughs> um so when I was I was crowning and she was like that I talked about that with you right and I was like yeah and she was like I do still want to do that <laughs> well duh so Amazing. head and shoulders were delivered and she's like all right put your hands down here and it was like the coolest experience I like Amazing. just grabbed her right under her arms and like pulled her out and brought her to my chest. Wow. Which was just like the most amazing. amazing experience. Yeah, yeah, I bet. 
I am so, so thankful um, that we got to do that. So, um, and then we also had chosen not to find out gender throughout our pregnancy. So I had kind of pulled the room while I was pushing. I was like, you're one last, one last guess. And so crazy. Everybody guessed right. Everyone thought it was a girl. Really? Um, yeah, yeah. We, were, we went around and everyone was like, I don't know. I just really think girl. And even my husband and I had kind of switched our, like my husband was boy all along. And he was like, oh, I, I kind of think it's a girl now. And I was like, wow. okay. So um, I pulled her out, brought her to my chest. And Nolan and I both got to announce at the same time that Aww. she was a girl. Um, and then it was just like such an amazing bonding experience. Like just yeah. obviously it's yeah, just the so most nice. beautiful, beautiful moments immediately really after. Yeah. Um, my husband had been uh, like so against cutting the cord all along. He was like, I just don't think, I don't know what kind of state of mind I'll be in. He's not medical at all. Yeah. Um, and so my doctor asked him again, she was like, are you sure you don't want to cut it? And he was like, no, absolutely not. I'm good. (laughs) He'd seen a lot. Um, she said, Lauren, do you want to cut it? And I was like, heck yes. So, (laughs) um, she was, uh, she was just laying on my belly and I kind of had to like turn like move around her to cut it but yeah um yeah just like so cool to be able to to, like pull her out cut her cord um and then she breastfed like almost immediately which was Uh, amazing yeah um so yeah it was just like honestly like a dream it was the birth experience that I had wanted even though we were induced yeah Um, yeah but and it's just wild. Was, yeah, exactly. But also like, yeah, I, you had that change in mindset and you were positive then about your, you know, what the plan was going to be, which makes a difference. And it definitely would have. And you, did you have any kind of like gas and air or anything like that? You were just, just using the water really. Nope. That's amazing. That's water. incredible. Yeah. That's incredible. Heat and packs. like that. Yeah. Oh yeah. A lot too. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah. 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 For like but, your, your back um, and things like that. Yeah, I think it was just the aromatherapy patches. We had some music, um, the shower, the double hip squeeze. One of the nurses did some sacral pressure when I was in transition. Amazing. And the heat packs. That was, that was wow. kind of it. That's amazing. And that's great for, you know, an induction because an induction is a different type of labor. Um, you know, is a different feeling and intensity. So, you know, to do all of that without anything else as well is, you know, amazing that, that you did that. And you weren't, um, you weren't in your second stage for very long, were you, in your pushing stage? No, no. Yeah. I was, I was pretty impressed. Like, I obviously wasn't keeping track of time, but I no. asked afterwards, I was like, how long was I pushing? And they were like, only 30 minutes. That's like, um, just, that's really strange as well, because again, the person I was talking to yesterday, she was the same. And I was saying to her, it's really rare for a first time birth because mm-hmm. often that second stage, it's it's more common really first time for it to be over an hour because your body's never done that before. So it's, yeah, so for it to be, and I think she was similar, like about half an hour as well. And I was like, that's really, that's amazing. And if you, I said the same to her, if you do ever have any other children, your second stage would be like really quick <laughs> be like be at the hospital be ready yeah, yeah yeah I don't think you'd have to do much um much pushing second time generally because it's quicker anyway but yeah. because your first stage at uh, your first one was was pretty short uh yeah it would it would be pretty quick I think 
I think it was helpful to um, something that I had another friend who was, I'm going to meet her real quick. Oh, um, she's right there. Another... That people can't see her, but she's right there. She's okay. very sweet. She's just waking up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, thank you. Oh, so how old is she? Three um, months old? Three months? Yeah, she's uh, almost three. Yep. Oh, cute. Oh, look. Oh. <laughs> um, one of my other friends who had planned to go natural said she felt that um, she felt that not having um, like I think she did actually have an epidural, but I think mm. by the time she was pushing, it yeah. had mostly worn off and she was able to, she said that having those sensations helped to kind of like guide her in terms of how yeah. to push and when to push, yeah. which I will agree with. I, I felt like, okay, like I can feel her moving down, um, which yeah. I think was just positive, like feedback for my body to like, okay, this is how, this is when you need to push. This is how you need to push. Exactly. Yeah. Your body's guiding you. And I think sometimes, yeah, if you have a, I mean, I think the way they do epidurals, they obviously try to time it. I mean, that is kind of impossible, but they try to time it so that it isn't in full force during that second stage for that reason. But obviously that's quite hard to time. So if um if you are still quite numb during that second stage that's when you know forceps and things like that become more likely because you just need a bit of help because you can't Mm -hmm. necessarily feel those sensations which are really important for helping you know helping them come out so yeah I didn't I I didn't know that they tried to time epidurals that way that's interesting to know well yeah I think like they don't like to give them too late because of Mm -hmm. that reason because of that okay yeah so obviously yeah it could if it gets to or you're you're progressing very quickly then it might be something that's not really recommended um but yeah very difficult to to time it to that degree because we don't know like you said you you know you went from was it three centimeters or two centimeters three centimeters i think to six pretty quick Mm -hmm. um which can happen you know can happen sometimes we just don't ever know how the body's gonna do it and respond but no it sounds like a great um positive story and um you know you obviously you know you had that change in plan but you went ahead and used a lot of the things that you had learned to still apply them to that you know that change in plan and to that induction and that was obviously the right thing for you to do yeah no it was it ended up just being I, I don't know how else to explain it I told my doula I was like is this a really weird thing to say I was like I want to experience it again it was just so beautiful yeah. and empowering and just amazing. Like an amazing amazing experience that I was like I like miss I miss it like I want <laughs> yeah. to do it again yeah. <laughs> like this sounds so weird <laughs> um and she was like no I understand I understand she was like it's such a high like yeah. going through that and and experiencing it and meeting your baby and just all of the things combined um and yeah, yeah I, I mean, I was really, felt really empowered, really proud of myself. Yeah. And I felt like from a, with an induced birth from like Pitocin to mm-hmm. her birth was 15 hours for my first delivery and yeah. only three hours yeah. in active labor. I was like, gosh, that's so yeah, exciting. I mean, that I'm is, so yeah. proud. That's very quick. And I think, um, you know, a lot, and I say this often as well, but I think a lot of labor like and how you feel about it and how you experience it is to do with how 
much you feel like you've been listened to and how respectful other people are of you. And it doesn't necessarily make any difference really how your labor goes, if you see what I mean. It's mm-hmm. how you feel. And, and it sounds like they were still very much listening to you and what you wanted. Like you said, they said, do you want to pull the baby out? We've talked about that before. You know, they were listening to you and what you wanted and respecting your choices, which is why, you know, that goes a long way to why you feel so empowered because people were listening to you. And that makes such a difference. You could have the, you know, the most picture perfect home water birth. But if that person's not being listened to or respected, they probably aren't going to feel as positive as we feel like they should feel about that, if you see what I mean. Yeah. So that goes such a huge way in how you feel about it is how much, yeah, you were listened to. Um, And, you know, that's the biggest thing. If we can listen to women in labor and, you know, listen to their choices, respect them as the human beings they are, what a difference that makes. And it's very simple. Mm -hmm. It makes such a big difference. Um, And yeah, like sounds, you know, incredibly positive and as you said like three hour active labors like the first time like that's actually very very short so yeah uh, if you do have any more that would be very fast (laughs) (laughs) I mean that's just my prediction but that often is what happens (laughs) so uh yeah you'd be prepared for that um but no that's lovely it's funny funny too because when you know, when you said, if you do have any more, I kind of like just immediately pictured what that would look like. And I now really do see some positives to being induced. Like I was so against it for so long, but I will say it was so lovely to like go to brunch that morning. (laughs) Yeah. You know, you know, it's happening. Yeah. Yeah. We like got to pack our bags and like, just, we we're like, we're here to have our baby. We're checking in. Um, so there were just some, like in retrospect, there are some yeah. definite positives that I see for it too. And, you know, you saying that you feel, um, you know, it feels funny to say you enjoyed it and you want to do it again. I think that's just because we're so used to being told how horrible it is and that most mm-hmm. people you speak to, they would never say that they don't want to do it again. But actually, there are so many people that would love to do it again because they've had such an empowering, amazing. And if it is empowering like that, what an amazing thing who wouldn't want to do that again. And it's very hard for others to understand that if they don't feel that way. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I feel similar to you. And I always say like, well, I, I don't want another baby and I don't want to be pregnant, but I would love <laughs> to do the, the birth again. Like that is the one thing that I wish I could do again, but I can't because you can't do just that. <laughs> it's impossible. I like, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to do just that, but you know, it's a lovely, yeah, a lovely experience. I hope you, did you manage to get some photos and things like that? I did. And actually my doula, I was so thankful for her. She was like, I was about to start pushing or no, maybe I was like midway through pushing and she was like, do you want me to take some photos? And I was like, yeah, I totally like brain farted on that. So I was like, yes, yeah. oh my gosh. And without even asking, she took a video of the entire oh, delivery. Oh, amazing. So, yeah. Which was just so beautiful. And like the first, like, I don't know, two or three minutes after, yeah. um, just like catching us bonding. And yeah. um, oh, I watched it like every other day for the first yeah. two weeks. I was Did like you? crying oh. every time I watched it. It was like watching my like wedding video or something. Yeah. It was yeah. So funny. 
my husband was yeah. like, what are you doing? I was like, I don't know. It's just so beautiful. <laughs> but, you know, I always, I do. I definitely encourage people to take photos like if they can, if they're able to take photos and videos, because even if it sounds like something that, you know, I mean, I've had friends that have had videos and they've said, oh, I couldn't watch it for a while, you know, it took them a while to watch it. But how nice that when you are ready, you can watch it. I never... I mean, me, my second birth, I didn't hardly, like, hardly any photo. Well, I don't think any photos actually. Um, definitely no video. But that was five years ago, and that sounds crazy because that's not that long ago. But even then, like, it wouldn't have even crossed my mind to like take a video. But now, lots more people do that, and you see it online. Yeah. Like, people post it, so it becomes something that oh, maybe you know, maybe I should video, and I would definitely now. Like, if it was now, I would do that because I think how and lovely. I was not thinking about that at all. I'm so grateful that she just did it. Yeah. Um, And I'm not even sure. It was funny because I had another friend who had delivered at the same hospital a couple years ago, and she had tried to set up her camera to do a video. And they told her she wasn't allowed. Really? So when my friend, my doula, um, afterwards was like, oh, I got a video. I was like, "Mm." (laughs) okay don't talk about it anymore because I was like what if they make me delete it or something oh my goodness Uh, they probably just didn't notice yeah and well she said it in front of the nurses and like no one said anything so I think I just had a great group that was like whatever do what you Uh, want I mean what difference Um, does it make to them none like none yeah as long as you've not got you know I get it you don't want their face they might not want their faces in it I get that but like you're not going to post it onto social media it's for you to look at So think, really. um, someone said it was like worried about like malpractice or something. And I was like, uh, oh my gosh, <laughs> like how ridiculous. So I was just so thankful though that they be. didn't say anything. <laughs> oh, that's lovely. She's lovely. It. She's so good. I love her name, Luna. I think we said, you said that she was going to be Luna if she was, yeah, because you weren't sure whether she was a girl or a boy yet, but she is Luna. It's a very pretty name. It's lovely. You. Look at her. She's all milk drunk now. Yeah. She's like <laughs> all milk drunk. She's all dozy. Oh, bless her. Well, thank you so much, Lauren, for yeah. sharing your story and for being here with me so early because it's early for you in the morning because um, of the of time course. difference. So thank you so much. And as you said, like you benefited from listening to these types of stories when you were pregnant and, you know, particularly the induction ones. And this is going to benefit so many people as well because yeah, induction is something that faces a lot of people. So thank you for giving back and, you know, contributing your story to other people because there'll be something that they take with them from your story. Definitely. There always is. So thank you. And yeah, thanks for coming on. Oh, of course. That was my goal is, you know, I want to want to help someone who is in my shoes looking for that positive story. So I was happy to share. Thank you so much for giving me the platform to do so. No, thank you. You're welcome. It's been lovely speaking to you. You as well. Have a great day. (laughs) You too. Bye. Bye. A big thank you again to Lauren for getting up really early, which it was her time, and taking the time to come and talk to me. As I said, it's always so lovely to have these birth stories, and I always really thoroughly enjoy it. I have actually only got one episode left of this season of the podcast, which will be out in two weeks' time. It's a really good one as well, so I'm really excited for you guys to listen to it. I'm then going to be having just a really short little break before the next season starts, so I'll give you all of those details 
next time so you know when to expect the next season uh, to come out as well but in the meantime I hope you have a good couple of weeks and I will see you on the next episode